This is the Get Up 8 Podcast with your host, Eric Hodgden. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Get Up 8 Podcast, where we unpack the challenges and struggles that come at us in life, and we find unique ways to help you build resilience. And today, again, is no exception to that with part two of our conversation with David Martin. And uh, we're going to continue to talk about trips uh, that we take in our minds. And welcome back to the podcast, David. Hey, well, it's great to be here. Thank you for welcoming me. I'm welcoming you to your own (laughs) podcast. (laughs) I appreciate it. And so tell me, you know, one thing we were talking about earlier was uh, on our trips that there's a point where uh, we can actually come out of that uh, that, that trip. And, but there's a point that has to happen in that process and it's called what you're calling it is the tell. Yeah. And I'd love to learn more about what this tell is, uh, so that, you know, it it might help other people to realize and and to see it when they are experiencing it as well. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, we talked about trips and, and how we become not present. We go unconscious, we're reactive and, so in order to get ourselves out of it, we have, there, there are two ways that we can get out of a trip. One is we get lucky and something distracts us mm. um, or it just wears itself out. Like, you know, a kid who throws a tantrum and then eventually they're just, they, they exhaust themselves or, or whatever. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's fine. What I find though is if you rely on that alone, then you're in trouble because um, it could keep that thing that's irritating you. Uh, it could just keep coming up. Right. And, um, now in the end, the thing that's irritating you is not outside you, it's inside you, but that's, mm. you know, that's a, a, a subject or a topic unto itself. But so this, this notion of tells is really powerful. In fact, it's where all the ultimate power lies. Um, because once you understand what your tells are, a tell is what tells you that you're on a trip. Um, I, I took that word from, from poker, you know, in poker, like you watch people on TV playing poker and they've got hoods pulled over their head and they're wearing sunglasses and they're trying to basically hide every single part of their body because they don't want their, their competition to know if they're telling the truth or if they're bluffing mm. or if they're scared or if they're relaxed. Right. And if they're like, if they have a hand and they're trying to bluff like they have a bad hand and if they're trying to bluff like they have a good hand, their body might be giving them away. It might tell on them, right? right? So, you know, their eyes would dilate, their face would turn, change colors, they'd start to sweat, and all those things that happened, I mean, this is the natural stress um, behaviors. So I took that notion of, there's actually, we actually reveal ourselves. When we're, when we're under stress, we reveal ourselves. That's our tell. So I just expanded a little bit. And so when you're on this trip, um, you know, you talked in the first podcast about how you were, driving your car and you got upset. And, um, I asked you, how did you know, like, Mm. what did you do? And you said you, you know, uh, so what, what were some of the things that happened that made you realize, uh, Oh, I'm not at my best right now. What was there? They're either going to be words that you're saying to yourself or out loud Mm -hmm. behaviors, thoughts, feelings, or physical expressions, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, like, you know, again, it could be your heart is racing or, right. or your shoulders have come forward. They're, they're all going to be stress-based behaviors. Right. The, the, um, so what, what happened to you, Eric? Uh, I was extremely frustrated and stressed and, and I was ready to throw the phone out the window. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so it sounds like there was some thinking. So one of them yeah. was what you were thinking to yourself. Right. Like there was some negative thoughts going on. Okay. Right. Like mine, I, I talked about in the, in the first um, podcast, the, like when I take an unfair trip and I, I, for me, it's, I plot revenge in my head. Mm. Okay. And the other thing that happens to me is my shoulders start to sort of come forward almost like in a defensive position. Like I'm ready. I'm, I'm arming myself for battle. Um, and, uh, so it could be, you know, thoughts to yourself could be really negative thoughts about you or about somebody else or about mm. the situation. It could be blaming, um, out loud words could be, you find yourself screaming at somebody or saying things that are over- exaggerated or overly emotive, you know, full of emotion, right. um, especially negative emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, emotions could be things like anger, fear, overwhelm, um, uh, powerlessness, you know, so that could be a tell, mm. um, it, uh, the, the physical, I, I mentioned some of those already. Um, and so, um, those are all things that, that you could be aware of. Those, those are your tells. Right. And so here's the thing mm. that has been happening the whole time that you were on the trip. You could have been on this trip for a day. Right. You know, that's the thing. Trips. We know people that are still on trips 10 years later. <laughs> they just never yeah. got off the trip. They're still mad at their ex-wife from blah, blah, years ago, 15 years ago. They're still blaming their boss two jobs ago for not giving them the promotion that they Mm -hmm. knew they deserved. You know, they're still on that trip and they're draining their power. So those are tells. Um, uh, But when you notice the tell, whether whether it's physical, emotional, words, internal or external words, body, um, you know, whatever it is, thinking, um, that's the moment where you suddenly become aware. Mm. You went from unconscious to conscious. Right, right. And that's mm. that's actually, back to mindfulness, that's that act of mindfulness where yes. you start to see your thoughts and feelings instead of being your thoughts and feelings right. or believing that you are. And when you create that little separation, that's when you suddenly put all the power back in your hands uh, to make a different choice. Yeah. Now, you still may be being very reactive, so you have to pull yourself out of it. Right. With, you know, like we talked about in the last episode, how do you get yourself out? But, um, but the... You still have to get yourself out of it, and um, that's what you, you know, that's when you come forward with those things that you practiced or right. the breathing or, or whatever. But you, you don't even know to apply those things until you see the tell. That's true. Now, I, so the tell, the tell was always there. It's mm-hmm. just when you become aware of it that it becomes a tell. The tell, like you were always thinking that, or you were always behaving that way. But when you finally notice it, right? And if you can start to realize what are your tells, like for me, I know. Revenge in my head, plotting mm-hmm. revenge in my head. When I hear that, I know I'm on that trip that I yes. call unfair. Um, and even naming your trips, like I gave it a name. Yes. That that makes me realize it ain't me because mm-hmm. I know I name you. I call you Eric. That tells me you're not me. Right. I call my trip unfair, so it tells me it's not me. And it takes the power away from it too. Yes. And, and yes. That, that tell is an immediate like pulling the plug on on the power that it had over you at that yeah. at that time. Yeah. And For many people, the tell itself is help, like maybe all they need. Like, yes. oh, geez, look what I'm doing. And they're back. Right, right. Yeah. And, that, that and, then, happened. and if it's really hard, they may need to do more of it. Please go ahead. Yeah. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. Um, I appreciate the, the conversation on this. And it's, it's a really important part of this process. And, and when I was headed back from that Lunenburg trip, um, <laughs> no pun intended, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, I was... I was pretty upset. I know right now my tell is that if I'm going to be cursing an app on the phone, 
Yeah. That that I'm there's something I'm I'm in the middle of a trip and and that's kind of what happened. I'm like, oh, all right, wait a minute here. Um, how about if I just put on my blinker and and you know pull over, reset the app, and try it again? I I, I wasn't I was self imposing this cage of 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 uh, being upset about this. You did and, it to yourself. All yeah. of our trips are to ourselves. Even yes. when we're convinced that, yeah, that guy's such a jerk, you would be mad at me. You would be mad at him too. But actually, if we lined a thousand people up, we would find people who would say, no, I think it's whatever he's doing is fine. Why are mm. you so upset? And so it, your trip is yours. Right. <laughs> My trip is mine. Right. Even though even though that person may be behaving badly, um, it's me that's choosing to let it get me down. Mm. That's awesome. Uh, so the tell is where that's where you actually get your power back. Mm. It's the awareness moment. Yes. Uh, when you when you without awareness, you are uh, unconscious and you have no control. You're just going to do what you do because you're unconscious. Once you have the tell, you have moved into the realm of I am now conscious of what's happening and you could make a different choice or you could keep going where you are. Yep. I'm on this trip, but I'm going to stay here. That's fine. You can make that choice, but you have the choice now that you didn't have when you were unconscious, which says, ah, mm. I'm going to take myself out of this. Right. And that's, um, I think that's really huge to be able. And I think for the majority of us, when we do have that tell, it mm-hmm. changes the game. And the, yeah. the whole goal here is to, to come out of that process sooner every time. And that's where the mm-hmm. practice comes into place. Yes. Like we talked about yeah. in the last episode, you know, we, we talked about how, you know, the practicing of coming out of a, of a trip, uh, so mm. that the next time that it happens to you, you're not hitting that steep slope. You're hitting like yes. a little divot and then you're back. Yep. And yep. that's you're what out, resilience you're back is in. about. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's what you're teaching in your book, which is so great. How to just, you know, it's none of us can avoid things that we don't want in our life. It's just part of life. Mm. But um, it's what do you do with it? And what you're teaching people and what I'm trying to teach people um, and what I'm trying to teach myself every day, because I forget, is that I don't have to stay here. Right. You know, or this won't be permanent. Mm. And there are choices that I have within my power that don't require me to, you know, you can talk to people, you can get help, but I also can do it myself. Mm, you know, I can start helpful. to cultivate this in myself. Right. Um, yeah, I just think that's so important for us. And, you know, look, I've gone through therapy, I've I've been coached, I've read so many books, I can't count them all, you know, I, um, to, to get here, um, because it's, it's, we are wired to just go down to Mm -hmm. take that trip. Yes. And we have to learn on our own. And then we learn, you know, we learn that, that behavior that, that worked for us when we were young and we keep repeating it Mm. as an adult. Um, I think you become the master when you start to see that in other people and, and coach them you know, yes. to do their own self-coaching and, and, yeah. and, uh, but it, it's a, I think it's a good feeling, uh, honestly, when you, when you notice somebody else, I, I just had a, a, a couple weeks ago, I went on a trip. I was out in, in Santa Barbara at an event and I'm working on, uh, bringing up my own event, uh, in June mm-hmm. and <clears throat> putting a video together and I'm, I'm struggling with trying to build mm-hmm. the video myself. Uh, Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, I know how to use some tools to a certain degree, but you know, if you really want high quality video production, you know, you know, there's other people that do this. And, and I, two weeks, David, I was working on this thing, two weeks. And every time I sat in front of the computer, it became more and more frustrating to the Mm -hmm. point where 
the, the tell happened in a matter of minutes when I was sitting with mm-hmm. some other people and mm-hmm. they, uh, they started making some suggestions, which honestly pushed me over the edge. And I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. have time mm-hmm. for this. I can't, you know, I, mm-hmm. I've got to get this thing done. I don't, you know, I, I, it's already, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And, and mm-hmm. one guy's like, well, what about using a service to help you? They have people that do freelancing on this stuff. And I, oh, I sure. immediately, I, I came out of that trip immediately. And it yeah. felt like a yeah. weight came off my shoulders two mm-hmm. weeks. It had been building up to mm-hmm. that point. Mm-hmm. And, and I would have kept on going had I not had these other people in the room to kind yeah. of notice it that I was already, you know, on this trip. And one of these guys also works with us. John Mattis uh, yeah. was with us. He's the one that pointed out. He goes, yeah. <laughs> you were kind of throwing a hissy fit there and I, I it made me laugh because it was kind of yeah. funny but but he was right you know and that's exactly what I noticed uh with you know in the last episode we were talking about the the young boy in the coffee shop and and I I I could easily pinpoint you know a, a time back when I was a kid that if I was trying to figure something out and I couldn't do it I would get really frustrated with it and I was responding yeah. the same reacting the same way yeah. that I did then but the tell was just huge so mm-hmm. super mm-hmm. helpful there. Yeah. Yeah. And just one other thing that I think might help um, just about anyone is one of the most common, what I call trips, is what I call the I suck trip. Mm. There's mm-hmm. something wrong with me. You know, something didn't go the way I wanted it to. Yes. And so we have some version of I suck, I suck, I suck, I suck. And um, so a number of people have said, no, I want to keep that because that's what makes me better. Uh, well, actually, let's change it a little bit. I suck is like an attack on your person, on who you, on your identity. And I don't think any of us suck, like as people. Now, what we could do is we could say, I could do better. Mm. And now it's about your behavior or about your performance. I right. could do better. So I think when you notice yourself on a I suck trip, a lot of people get sucked, stuck on, in I suck <laughs> And they don't know what to do. And just an alternative is, I could do better. Right. I could do better. And um, that's a really simple example um, of one thing that, that I just, you know, I, I know that's a little bit of a non sequitur, but I also wanted to share it because it's, uh, it's I ain't a person in the world that I know that doesn't have some version of I suck going on. I agree. I agree. I'm going to shift gears a little bit here. And, and mm-hmm. when you're working with clients, uh, I mean, you're consulting with, with uh, executives and and, uh, you know, I, I work with really middle managers and, and, and employees uh, if I'm working with a corporate entity. But but, mm-hmm. you know, working with executives is a different it's a different uh, level of communication. Mm-hmm. And everybody it doesn't matter what level you're at. You could be entry level in a company. You could be the CEO. You know, mm-hmm. you're still going to have that emotional base mm-hmm. that you that you grew up with. And and yeah. if you haven't. Uh, corrected or changed the habit that you yeah. had all along, uh, it can affect not just your home life, but it can affect your work life. And oh yeah, and I mean when you and, and I'm mostly not looking for names or anything like that, uh-huh. but but from an example standpoint, do you you know who have you worked with? Uh, you know what 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 uh, who have you worked with that has gone through some major challenges within their organization, but you've seen that, you know, with your ability to see beneath the surface and, and really pull out those strengths, uh, you know, who have you seen that's really gone through this process and, and has changed mm. around their, 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 uh, their life and because of all this work? Mm. Uh, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I Good. mean, so hey. I just not, 
but I can, you know, just share some examples. I mean, really, who doesn't? We're wired for this. This mm. reactive behavior, um, this this learned behavior that is not helpful. We learned it made sense. It was actually smart when we were three. That I mean, be, <laughs> my little tantrums that I threw when I was three was really, the, it, given my level of intelligence and maturity, it helped in uh, a way. Right. Right. So uh, and so that got reinforced. Um, we wouldn't do this stuff if it hadn't helped us somewhere along the way. It got reinforced, and so we kept doing it. Right. Um, so uh, then we grow up, and uh, so you know, I've had I had a senior executive who called me, and he was convinced that he was about to lose his job, and mm. you know, this whole phone call. I'm he. I mean, he had been hired oh, a few months before, and they said we know that he was the. He, it was a European company. He was working in the U.S. and running the whole U.S. division. And he called me one morning and says, I'm going to lose my job today. I'm like, what, what, what are you talking about? You know? And so I talked him through it and, um, he, and he, cause he had a phone call show up with the CEO and one of the board members and the CEO was his boss and they were based in Europe. And so he was going to come to the call. Like, why are you trying to fire me? And you know, what I just said was, first of all, I had some history with him. I'd worked with him in another big project like five years before. And I said, uh, this is kind of like, we've done this dance before. I've seen you do this where you think people are out to get you when they actually think you're awesome. So I just, you know, I gave him a couple pieces of advice was one was, first of all, um, you know, is it possible that this is not what you think it's going to be. And he said, yeah. I said, okay, so here's my advice. Go in prepared to get fired. Like if you really think that's going to happen, don't get cut off guard. Be prepared. What would you say? How would you respond? But respond, not react. Mm-hmm. But secondly, I said, don't lead with that. You know, let, <laughs> let them, they, they put this calendar on the, uh, uh, or they put themselves on your calendar. Find out why. And it turned out that they were calling and asking him for advice. Wow. They were like, you're the smartest guy in the company we don't want to talk to anybody about this idea that we have until we talk to you first. So it was the exact opposite. Right. And he was afraid he was going to lose his job. And, you know, there was another client who was greatly doubting herself. Um, she had a vision that was so far beyond where the company was that everybody she told it to told her either she was wrong or it would never work or it was just stupid or dangerous or whatever. And she came to me and she says, I think there must be something wrong with me. Like, seriously, what, what, and it was it had shaken her confidence. She said, mm. "Everybody I talk to about this tells me this can't work. I think there must be something wrong with me." And so, um, you know, I dug in and gathered some information. And I talked to her more, and I realized that I, I understood why she got there. She was just so far out in front of everybody else; nobody else could see it. And of course, their reaction is going to be, "No, you're wrong," because they couldn't see it, and they thought she was going to like do something bad in the, the company. And this is a multi-billion-dollar company. They didn't want her to take it down. Right. But um, I had to, you know, first it was helping her find her way back mm. to just strength and no, you're not crazy. Right. You're just ahead of everybody else mm-hmm. or you're in a place. And then how do you help others move? Because they're now, re- they're in a reaction too. They're afraid. You know, so much, most of our reactions are driven by fear. And so they're afraid of what you might do to the company if you actually get to do that thing that you're talking right. about. And uh, so then it was about around helping her help others, because yes. if you're a leader, not only do you do that for yourself, you mm-hmm. have to help other people move because, and you know, people had good intentions. They were afraid that she was going to sell off the company. Mm. And so they were trying to protect what was good and they had good intentions. But, um, so it was not make, about making them wrong. They weren't wrong. They just didn't see what she could see. So, but you know, the, your first reaction to something new is usually to resist it. A few people, like there's always those early adopters, like 20% of the people will be jumping up and down saying, that's the best thing I've ever heard. I've been saying (laughs) that for years. 
But then there's a whole bunch of people who are either going to just actively resist you or at least be confused. Wow. No, that's, and, re- that's really yeah, good. It's helping them. So understanding that they were in that place. So that's the thing when I work with, I call it x-ray vision. You like, once you see it in yourself, you can start to see what's actually, and you understand yes. how that works. You can see what's going on for others so you can help coach them so that they're not in reaction. Yes. Because when you are reacting or I am reacting or that little kid is reacting or that my clients that I mentioned are reacting, we've all lost our power. Yeah. We are not, we, you can be the smartest person in the world, but it's like having a Ferrari with the brakes on. <laughs> You've got nothing. Right. You know, um, so I'm not saying brakes aren't good. I'm not saying cautioning yourself isn't helpful, but when it's used at the wrong time or when it's gone out of control, right. it's not helping. And that's mm. so you, you can be the most powerful person, but you just you've you've depleted your own power. Nobody did it to you. Right. And that's and that's something that especially if you're a leader, people are looking up to you for guidance and and they they this is, again, a learned behavior that if they see you losing your shit, they're going to lose theirs. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and that's not really that's not really helpful for either the challenge that you're dealing with uh, or the team itself. And you know it's almost it it can almost become a game because they know that at some point you know all right everybody gets one, but the, the second time forget about it. You know I'm I know they they know you're going to lose your cool and 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 it's it's on you know and there's yeah. it, but nothing's getting resolved at that point. Instead you're just you're you're inside oh, you're- of this vortex in your own head. Yeah, well, and, and what's happening is the, the most primitive, immature part of your brain mm-hmm. has taken over, and the most primitive, immature part of their brain has taken over, mm. and now you're trying to solve a really complex problem. Right. Okay, so that doesn't work in business, it doesn't work in parenting, it doesn't work in like life anywhere, right? right? But if I could just add, Eric, one of the things that's happening here, like this notion, we, we've sort of thrown around the word mindfulness a couple of times. Let me just try and give it, like, I was intimidated by the word mindfulness for many years. Mm. And I've meditated since 1993-ish. Mm. Okay, so, you know, um, and I, I would hear people use it. Let me just give you a really simple definition of what sure, is mindfulness. Um, mindfulness is when you can start to realize that there is you, Eric, or me, David, or whoever, and there are our thoughts and feelings, and mm-hmm. yes, they seem to occupy the same space. Like my thoughts and feelings are in me. Like somehow they're right in there and yours are in you. But that doesn't mean they're the same thing. Mm-hmm. And when you start to recognize that, yes, there are my thoughts and feelings and there is me, but they are not the same. And you can start to actually notice, oh, I'm feeling this. I'm having this feeling. Oh, look, I'm ha- it's what I did when I was standing in front of the mirror. Look at yourself, David. Look at what you're saying. I was, I was becoming aware of my thoughts. Look at what you're saying to yourself. Look at what you're feeling right now. That was an act of mindfulness where I had actually created separation between, like I can, between me and my thoughts. Like I know I'm not you. I call you Eric, right? right? I'm not you. You call me David. You know I'm not me. That's like, that's separation, right? Right. So we can interact with each other differently. If, if I thought I was Eric, that would be, well, first of all, really weird, but um, <laughs> I couldn't, I would have like, how, what can I, what can, how could I connect with you? Because you're, you're me. Like I can't even talk to you. So um, once you create that separation, now you can even have a conversation with your thoughts and feelings, Mm. which is what I was doing in front of the mirror. Hey, dude, what are you doing? Why are you having this? Like, why are you thinking this way? It's what I did with my clients that I gave the example for. I help them take a step out because otherwise you're trapped. If you think you are your thoughts and feelings, you got no choice but to follow them. They will take you wherever they want to take you. Right. And it's usually down. Yep. But if you can start to create that separation and say, ah, I'm experiencing this feeling, ah, that's interesting. Like now I'm observing. I become an observer of myself, of my thoughts 
and my feelings, and I start to recognize that's not me. Look, Descartes did us no favors when he said, I think, therefore I am. Mm. Because he sort of, that sort of makes it sound like I am my thought. <laughs> Right? right. So, and it's not his fault. He was just the, the philosopher of the day who was speaking kind of what the, the thoughts of the day were. But um, it's more of an Eastern approach, this notion of mindfulness, where they say, yes, there's you, there are your thoughts and feelings, but they are not the same thing. And now once you create that separation, they've lost their power and you can actually redirect them. You can, you can talk to them. <laughs> you can do all sorts of things just like I would with you. Mm. I think that's, that's fantastic. And, and it's, it's so important that that we remember what the difference is between our thoughts and ourselves that mm-hmm. that they're not the same thing and and I think that that's one of the main things that's helped uh, me get through the loss mm-hmm. of Zoe for mm-hmm. these past four years is almost in in uh, uh, one of our mutual friends Joan Rosenberg Dr. Joan Rosenberg mm-hmm. would say that you became aware of your awareness yes and yeah. and with that I was able to realize that, oh, I'm, uh, yeah, I, I, I know this is a really difficult situation here, but, uh, and I know I'm going to be sad. I know I'm going to have all these emotions and feelings that are going to, you know, happen over the course of months or years or however long it takes, but it, it, it can't drive my actions. Mm-hmm. And, and it didn't. And fortunately mm-hmm. that one, that, and that's now something that, that I'd, I'd love to teach other people about, yeah. you know, as they're going through either grief or some sort of deep challenge that, hey, you know, being mindful means that you are, you're seeing the bigger picture and the bigger picture is that separation between your thoughts and, and yeah. you and you're, you're listening in, you're leaning into these struggles and these challenges and you're, you're, you're really finding that. And, and the only way I could put it is it's the bigger picture of what's really yeah. going on. Yeah. And, and- if I can just add one thing to what you're saying, yeah. Eric, it's that um, what that what Joan is not saying and what you and I are not saying is not that our feelings aren't legitimate and that we shouldn't experience them. Like they're real. Like that. Like we have feelings, and I think whether it's fear or you know grieving or whatever the uh, the emotion that we're experiencing is experience it like nobody's trying to take that from us Mm. or from you um but um to understand that if you leave it on its own if you just let it run um it will probably cause you suffering or damage Mm. that was unnecessary i mean i you know grieving my father died in may Mm. um, less than a year ago and um i still feel grief and I don't try and talk myself out of feeling the grief mm. for, I mean, this man is like, he's the best man I've ever known. Mm. I miss him. I mean, just thinking about him, I get like, I miss him. Sure. You know? Absolutely. Um, and so I'm not trying to talk myself out of having that, right. but it's also, I can recognize, okay, I'm grieving right now. Right. I'm like, okay, that's, I'm not trying to stop grieving, um, but I'm grieving. It's, it's just helpful to know. And also what that helps me understand is, you know, that old, that old saying, this too shall pass. Right. Like no emotion is permanent. Right. And, but if we think it's who we are, mm. if we think that feeling is, this is me, um, oh man, we're trapped. Right. Well, you stay in that endless loop of, of, yeah. of being stuck. And, and as I was having a conversation earlier today with, uh, with a gentleman named Traver Bohm, uh, oh, yeah. and we were talking about a similar, uh, topic and, and, you know, getting, stuck is is really it's hard because your mind replays 
perhaps a, a, a traumatic event. And then the capacity to separate yourself from those thoughts about that, it, it kind of creates a, an endless loop. You're replaying this so you're, you feel like you're experiencing it again. And, and I know that when people say to me, I can't imagine losing a child, and, and I, I am so mm-hmm. grateful that people are saying that to me, uh, but our brains cannot differentiate between real trauma and imagined trauma. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that when it comes time to, you know, so your, your, the grief is, is something that you're experiencing as the griever, uh, mm-hmm. and the other person that's talking to you in a conversation is putting, trying to put themselves in that situation so that mm-hmm. they maybe will feel that emotional connection. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's not being mindful of the bigger picture, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you're to be, I love that we're talking about mindfulness too, because I think it's really important and I appreciate that mm-hmm. we, we've kind of mm-hmm. gone this way with the, the conversation. And I just, I just think that when, you know, helping somebody who's, who's grieving, uh, being mindful of where they are, you're leaning into the struggle with them. You're listening yeah. to what they have to say and you're offering a reflection of feeling. Hey, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm, I, this must really suck what you're dealing with right now. And yes, mm-hmm. to say I can't imagine can be part of that, but, but it can't be the only thing that you say, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. uh, I think that, you know, it's very simple uh, for people to go on trips, especially when they're already, with their energies already depleted, when they're already uh, in uh, a mode of grief because uh, they, they're, they're already on the ground. I mean, just mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. the slightest little thing could throw them further down the slope, if you will. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's, and that's, so being able to stand back up in spite of that is what, yeah. uh, I love that our conversation has kind of talked about, you know, mm-hmm. taking these, these physical paths and these self coaching paths to mm-hmm. help us kind of rebuild, uh, our resilience yeah. and stand back up. So, yeah, um, I love and it. Can I make a recommendation of a book that Please. I just think, you know, um, there's a, there's a woman named Byron Katie, K A T I E who wrote a book, um, that I think is like, it's brilliant. It's beyond brilliant because mm. of its simplicity. It's called loving what is. Mm. And, um, actually if, if, if somebody wants to, it's a great book to read, but I also would recommend that you actually listen to it on audible.com because mm. she reads it herself and you can hear this, like this peaceful state. She's not had an easy life at all, mm. but you can hear this peaceful state that she's developed. She teaches basically self-coaching in a like mindfulness in a brilliant way. She's got something called the work. You can also check it out at thework.com. And I am not like, I make no money from saying this. I just think she's brilliant. So I <laughs> tell people about her. Um, and, uh, but I like it on audible.com. Uh, or on Audible because there are some there's some events where she'll coach people. She does these live events and people will come up and she'll help them do what she calls the work where they're self-coaching. Mm. And in the Audible Audible version, you get to hear her live coaching people. It's not just reading it in the book, but you're actually and it's to hear it back and forth and to hear just the grace that she brings to it and the humor and the wisdom um, on some people that. Like I saw her, I happened to be in an event where she coach, coached a woman who had been present at the the bombing at the Boston Marathon. Mm. And understandably, wow. this woman was incredibly upset of what had happened and the you know the grief and the loss of many people. And Byron Katie helped her use this thing called the work to just find a completely different experience. It wasn't that she wasn't sad for the losses and things like that, but she completely changed this woman's experience. Uh, within a matter of like 20 minutes. Wow. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, something that you would think, oh, this is going to take a long time. Mm. And uh, no, that's beautiful. Of course, the woman, the woman was willing, but uh, to be to be coached. But um, anyway, I just so I just throw that out as a something for anyone who's going through a difficult time. No, I it's appreciate great. that yeah. as a recommendation, yeah. David, because it's you know, in, in loving what I'll make sure I put that in the show notes too for people to follow up on if they'd like to. So I really appreciate that recommendation, and awesome. and even more so, uh, I I appreciate your time with us today on the podcast and, and, uh, you know, you've been a tremendous help in my life. And, and I hope that, uh, as always, I hope, uh, any tips that we can give people to, to yeah. carry with them, uh, forward is really helpful before we finish up though. Is there, uh, when it comes to mindfulness and, 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 and dealing with trips, uh, what's one thing that people can kind of take away from today's conversation to help them if they're experiencing a, a trip, uh, that um. something pops up. Well, um, if I if I could only give them one thing, um, it would be when you find yourself there, breathe. Mm. Um, I mean, just remember this this is this emotion that you're experiencing, which may be, you know, paralyzing you. There is no emotion that is permanent. The, the, in fact, the the um, the element that's associated with emotion is water. And water is always, you know, the waves, they, they go high, they go mm, low, it right. comes in, it goes out. And that's why they gave that to, to emotion because emotions are always in, they're fluid. They're always changing. Mm. And so, um, if you can just breathe through this moment, actually, when you start to breathe, you you start to stimulate parts of your nervous system that help you build your resources that breathe in four, breathe out six mm-hmm. slowly, um, would be a great thing to do. If you only had one thing. Um, that's a great thing. And just remind yourself, this too shall pass. This wow. too shall pass. I've, I went through a divorce that was devastating to me 20 years ago. And the only thing that got me through some of my worst moments was just reminding myself, as terrible as I felt, this isn't going to be forever. Mm. This too shall pass. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's beautiful. Thank you so much, David. That's yeah. really Thank strong. And, and, and I think that's an excellent tip. And, you know, inhale for count exhale at a six count i need to do more of that myself because i think that there's mm-hmm. times when it's a really uh i'm, I'm stressed and I'm, i have that shallow breathing going on and 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 i hear yeah. that a lot <laughs> even from other mentors when they've seen me mm-hmm. upset they're like breathe breathe you know but they're not mm-hmm. saying it to you know piss me off they're saying it to help and and uh but i have even just when we did the exercise a, a little while ago mm-hmm. where you said you know we did it twice i started to already feel a, a release of, of, of tension. And that was so mm-hmm. huge. And so again, well, thank- stress is physiological. Yes. And release, you know, the breathing is physiological. Right. So yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. I cut you off. No, no, yeah. no. I, I, I appreciate you adding that in. And I just wanted to say thank you again for My taking pleasure. your time today, uh, to, to, to be with us and, and, and a uh, great conversation. And I hope we can have another conversation again soon. I love it. Thank you, Eric. Excellent. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Get Up 8 podcast. I'm Eric Hodgson, and I invite you to visit resilienceleaders.com where you can find free resources to help you start thriving today. Also, check out upcoming events in my new book, A Sherpa Named Zoe, How to Walk Through Grief and Live with Intention.